You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Sachin from Mint's personal finance team and today we talk about how you can allocate your assets into different baskets. How much should it be in cash and how much should be put into equity? These are some things that our guest Rahul Goel answers today. Rahul was the ex-CEO of Equity Masters. A short disclaimer. Please note that you should consult your financial advisor before investing. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Rahul, thanks for coming to the Why Not Mint Money show. Thank you for having First, me. So the most interesting question, what have you been up to? So spending 25 years as the chief executive of Equity Masters and you just retired out of the blue. So what happened? Uh, kind of. Yeah, kind of. So uh, I did not start as the CEO. I started actually as an analyst way back in 1995. I used to actually pull out data from company annual reports and punch them into a system and that would ultimately lead to what is called the yearbook it used to be called the quantum stock market yearbook long story short it became the website equity master and uh, i think sometime in 2007 i took over as a ceo so after a good 10 12 years doing that kind of role and yeah and then it was all equity master for the next 15 years uh, so sometime in march this year i took the decision to move on primarily to sort of explore other opportunities but at the same time not push myself to do other stuff so i i sounds confusing but i did not interview with anyone i did not meet anyone i said maybe it's the right time for me to move we have a wonderful team at equity master the succession was superb we didn't have to get anyone from outside all the teams are there the people are there the verticals are built out so yeah so and uh, 30th june was my last day and since then i've been chilling at home uh, writing for you guys writing for mint uh, doing a little bit of twitter stuff and hopefully i'll do more and if something happens happens in time yeah but i have to so, mention one thing we missed the podcast that you used to host with uh, the top investors uh, yeah, yeah a lot of people have told me that so i i actually hope that's something that will come back i'm very keen to do it myself because it's such a wonderful learning experience to talk to these people and if you ask them the right questions and i'm not being uh, arrogant in saying that i know the right questions but ever so uh, often i would stumble to ask the right question and it brings out facets of these people's personalities which are just so inspirational amazing you know i would encourage you and it's not a promotion for my podcast now it's a equity master podcast I would encourage you all to uh, see Vijay Kedia's uh, podcast. Unbelievable what a life he's had, yeah. You see Nilesha's podcast. He was he was he was in a troll. Uh and uh, his father passed away and they didn't have money. And how everyone contributed to the uh, contributed money, uh, how everyone ensured they don't go hungry. how the school principal said as long as you keep doing well your fees is taken care of so that was the motivation for him to study right to continue doing well so i can go on and on but fascinating amazing learning experience so i hope i get to do it <laughs> again i have my first guest actually he told me he'll do with me the moment i launch so let's oh, see so actually actually planning something 
Oh yeah, yeah, I'm definitely planning. I, I but no guarantees. I don't think it can happen so easily. But uh, I, my, I have my first guest right here. That's why I believe. Yeah. Is he? Uh, is he or she an investor? Are you going to do something uh, on the? Yeah, yeah. So, if you heard my podcast, you will notice that in my podcast, I have never asked the question, "What's going to happen to the markets?" So I'm trying to. engage with the people who are in the markets these larger than life figures and try and understand their stories and hopefully that will serve as life lessons and learnings for the listeners but not as a way to understand what will happen in the market uh, next so yes i am trying to my first guess will be from the investment world but it will have little to do with what's the outlook and a lot more to do with their life journey the systems and the processes the trials and the tribulations and you know all the wonderful stuff <laughs> but rahul for this episode the tables have turned right you are the expert for this podcast and i i will be the one asking you questions so so let's oh, get it. right into yeah. the topic. yeah so here we are going to talk about asset allocation right and it's a very crucial part of every individual's portfolio so so now let's start by just discussing what an asset allocation is according to you how would you define it uh like okay so i'll tell you why it is difficult to even talk of asset allocation i think what's happened is that as markets go through cycles be it property be it gold be it stocks people in the desire right or wrong in the desire to make the most of the opportunity keep end up sloshing their money around from one asset class to the other asset class to maximize the returns right and in the process most don't end up generating significant wealth at the other extreme are people who believe property is the only way to do it some believe stocks are the only way to do it some believe gold is the only way to do it some people believe only cash by the way and you know they do well sometimes they don't do well sometimes in both these approaches you are trying to move ahead based on maybe what you understand right or where you believe the opportunity is right now notice what is missing here there is no need over here as individuals the reason we invest should be linked to a need and okay i, I can go down the line it can be for your kids education kids marriage your retirement it could be for a you know a, a staying in a different country for a year or two 5 10 years down the line so there's a real need behind the investment and when you start to invest money so that the your needs are fulfilled then you cannot expose yourself solely to the to a single asset class because each asset class has its own you know volatility or movement in prices so converting the need into reality is there's money 
and that money has to be invested in such a way that the chances of your need becoming reality is very high now the way you invest that money i would call it asset allocation and the purpose of the asset allocation and these are very important in my view the purpose of asset allocation is to optimize your assets and your returns to your needs as against maximize returns at any cost so it's a game plan it's a via media to convert a need into reality and if you go a little more technical an asset allocation is something where you diversify your monies across various asset classes in ratios that a help you earn the money you're looking for and b it's within your ability to take risk so i don't know whether it's too technical or not but broadly this is it and i think one of the reasons why a lot of people do not do asset allocation is because you can't really define it see in a stock it's easy kya lagta hai double hoga nahi you know triple hoga ya nahi hoga it's so easy to understand and sort of jump in in asset allocation it's hard work is going to take hours of thinking days of tinkering around and then coming to something and then executing it over years it's tough sure. work but it works sure uh, rahul you know before getting into how to allocate your asset uh, let's just start by uh, defining what are the broad needs right so it can get very specific but broadly how should people classify their needs uh, do you have any uh, way of thinking on uh, defining needs uh, so i will simplify it uh, which may appeal to most of your audience a large chunk of indians all of us or bharatiyas given the mood of the nation are if you ask them what do you want to do with your money they would want to say we want to create wealth over the long term right and that is predominantly the goal of most people uh, a lot of it other is a subset you know they want to give some money aside for education etc etc but they usually have longer tenures and they want to create wealth and uh, so i think if you take that need as an example that in the next 10 20 years i want to make a lot of money uh basis this how should i go about it right i guess that's what you want to get at how do you want to get around it so if you think about it every asset class has a role to play there's property there's stocks stocks you can go into direct stocks or mutual funds there's gold there's fixed income and there's cash i recently actually wrote a piece on uh, mint uh, uh, around this so would you want me to take you through each of these verticals quickly to give a like a 30000 feet view on how you should think about wealth building from each asset class or yes, you want to take uh, it up later uh yes let's uh, uh dive into that part uh, but uh, i would just like to give you some context for this so uh, let's take the example of um, somebody right so at, what a typical middle class indian would do is uh, they would have some money in the bank they would have some money in stocks and mutual fund what what uh, may ever be the be the case but what happens is they don't exactly know where their money is going right so i mean i, I what my dad would typically do is he he would have some money in the bank uh, some yeah. some yeah some insurance guy will come and pitch his insurance product he would invest some money there then his bank man uh, relationship manager would come 
and he would convince my dad to invest in some mutual funds and he would find a good property to buy here and there so he'll buy one of those also uh, the main point is it gets all jumbled up so for a person who is very confused who doesn't know what percentage of his network is going uh, in all these various places what should be the starting point uh, just to it's clean a, up his portfolio yeah it's a brilliant question now in all that you said is so real and happens every day right to almost everyone we know and guess what not a single person uh, i'm talking about in case your father the investor in not a single case they are asking does it fit in my asset allocation and the reason they don't ask is they don't have an asset allocation if you had an asset allocation i i have a broad allocation i actually follow what you know what i'm talking about decision making is so simple right if you know that you want 40% of your total assets including the apartment you live in to be in stocks and you are 40% and tomorrow you get new money it doesn't matter it doesn't go in the bucket the bucket is full it goes into another bucket which is not full and if all the buckets are full you then in the same ratio you divide the money in all the asset classes so the lack of the absence of an asset allocation plan is what leads to these errors and then you know it's downward spiral if you don't have a real goal in life and a plan to match it you you're going to be sloshing around with every market movement tomorrow someone's going to say hey mid caps are the next big thing and you'll all start buying mid cap funds tomorrow someone will say are nagpur mein property is going to be hot what happened 10 15 years ago <laughs> everyone went and bought property in nagpur whether it fit into the plan or not and in the process they jeopardize their future needs so you know i you know you are on twitter i am on twitter and i was pretty disappointed yesterday someone i think uh, uh, was a pretty big following and all that and they were all ridiculing real estate they were all making fun of people who buy real estate and my point was why would you do that because real estate has a place in a asset allocation plan and just like how you can buy a bad stock and make a mis- lose money you can buy bad real estate and lose money on the flip side a good stock could lead to good outcomes and similarly a good real estate investment could lead to good outcomes uh we all you know hostage of our times the only thing we remember is a bull market in stocks but if you know ask us in bombay between 2005 and 2012 13 i believe property prices at least in the area where i live in which is car west some with bandra car in bombay they went up 10 times in 8 years that's not a bad return so if you had anchored your investment plan to your needs all this noise would go away your life would be much more calmer trust me it'd be much more calmer you would know where to put it but you know no one's willing to do the hard work it's it's a tough it's tough to talk about allocation sachin i think your numbers will be the lowest for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> if if it was how to pick the next stock which will go 10x you'd be off the charts <laughs> but how to get your allocation right too much work we're going to ignore it and unfortunately this has a bigger impact on life 
but trust me if you are listening to this podcast i i can promise you uh, this is the right place to be so kudos to you uh, but yeah, uh, rahul yeah. rahul uh, let's let's bring some structure to the conversation now so let's get into the specific of each and every basket right? so how much to put in cash yeah. how much to put in real estate uh, how much to put in direct stock and mutual fund and fixed income instruments like fd okay. and bonds so rahul how would you like to take this up one one by one would you like to run us through how you yourself do or would you like to explain uh, a bit about each of the cat- category yeah so uh, let, you know a lot let's start lot by of, talk, talking about cash so yeah yeah so a lot of what i say is primarily what i you know do experience right uh, so cash predominantly no one should keep a lot of cash lying around right other than emergency cash and i think this is a very grossly misunderstood point what is emergency cash emergency cash is cash you may need at short notice to pay a bill and which could be substantial so in some times what happens is you end up taking a loan downward spiral you end up selling your assets downward spiral but if you could keep some portion of your money aside for a rainy day that money just works wonders so uh, think about you know i uh, where would you keep your emergency cash or rather what's the criteria for keeping emergency cash it should always be available to you and it needs to be 100% safe all the time the moment these two criteria come in no stocks no gold no fixed income uh, no no like debt mutual funds the only thing that comes to mind which fit these criteria is a bank fixed deposit and even in a bank fixed deposit what kind of a bank you go for the safest possible bank so in my case i went to the sbi right though i bank with hdfc but i put it in sbi why it just gives me that multiple levels of security the idea is not to make a return the only two criteria were availability of funds and safety of capital not return so and if you do that you will find your money is always available to you at a short notice you can get it out without any loss and if you don't need it these days the interest rates are good i think sbi is paying over 7% leave your money in the bank at 7% it's not a terrible uh, a fee to pay for the mental comfort so yeah so very little cash aside of the fact that you need emergency cash how much should you keep I guess twelve months cash is good enough. Good enough. You'd have to see what is good, what gives you the comfort. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to be able to put aside cash right away. Start small. You know, you don't have to build it on day one. Start small. Start putting aside small amounts of money, and build it over a period of time. And uh, don't evaluate it based on the return you get. Someone's going to come and tell you, "Hey, if you put this money in a small cap fund, it would have grown so many times, etc., etc." <laughs> this is money to help you sleep peacefully at night this is not money to take you to the moon in the future so this is the little investment you have to make to stay safe and you know calm and quiet yeah so that's rahul, cash rahul so some uh, so what happens to me is i plan to keep cash not in fd but in my bank account directly and when i see that number in my bank account i can't resist but you know buy something here or there <laughs> <laughs> so I miss saying one thing you should open a separate bank account and do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here's another thing I'll tell you. 
आई डोंट थिंक आई एक्चुअली डिड दिस आई डिड दिस बैंक अकाउंट यू शुड एक्चुअली कीप इट वेरी सेपरेट फ्रॉम योर अदर बैंक अकाउंट लाइक इफ यू आर बैंकिंग विद एच डी एफ सी ओपन विद एस बी आई द एमरजेंसी फंड अकाउंट यू जस्ट ट्राइंग टू मिनिमाइज ऑल द रिस्क राइट एंड देन कीपिंग मनी ऑन साइड यू नो वी आर वेरी लकी इन दिस कंट्री बेर दे इज अ रिजर्व बैंक ऑफ इंडिया विच इज वर्थ इट्स वेट इन गोल्ड and they monitor and they run the system so well in india we don't have to worry but then this is emergency fund right so keep it separate you know get your passbook for it separately don't mix it up and lock it in a fd yeah then hopefully you won't go and spend it on some iphone or something <laughs> <laughs> got it um so rahul uh, uh coming to the next basket which is gold you know gold is a popular instrument and especially the uh, female head of every household has a lot of gold so how much to put in gold what how should we think about it and uh, where to invest so we can also invest in digital gold right so how yeah. to look at this component so gold if you the if you have a need for gold right for your family for your usage you have to buy it that's that's a given and you're reasonable enough to buy what you can afford so that that is separate from all this you're buying for your need if you're talking about investing in gold from an allocation perspective etc then there are three ways primarily to own gold you can buy physical gold you can buy digital gold and you can buy sovereign gold bonds so when someone asks me this question my first counter question to them is do you think india will go bankrupt if you believe india will go bankrupt you should only buy physical gold and keep it under your mattress there is no debate there is no if and if but and all that that's it but if you believe that india is going to do well as a country then you have a choice should you buy digital gold or should you buy sovereign gold bonds in which case the sovereign gold bond beats hands down because you still get exposure to gold and you get the interest i think it's 2.5% is it so shafiq what is it this is uh, uh, i don't remember something came up on monday where i uh, forgot the yeah. exact they, they have a rate of uh, they they pay a little bit of interest on that which is wonderful so i would say that uh, some people ask me should you do a, a gold mutual fund uh, to be honest i'm not a big fan why would i pay an expense ratio for holding gold you know might as well buy the hgb there's no cost of holding gold plus you get a discount to buy and you know your money is locked in for whatever 5 6 years whatever the term is so that's how i think about gold how much allocation should you have you know i don't think you need a large allocation to gold if you believe india will do well uh, probably 5% i would say it would vary a lot for people let me again i keep reiterating this it will vary a lot for people but for someone like me it's going to be a, Five percent or less, but there will be gold. Yeah, that's important. Okay, so there should be. You can have some uh, uh, allocation to gold, but shouldn't exceed too much if you think India will not go bankrupt. So yeah, because if yeah. India is going bankrupt, you want to hedge yourself against the Indian rupee, right? Yes. So you want an alternate currency. That's gold for you. Mm-hmm. If you believe the alternate currency is crypto, I'm the wrong person to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> 
if not in india but in some other countries uh, whose you know central bank and the whole economy is not doing very well uh, gold plays a very important role but very india i role. think yeah so rahul we'll look up, coming yeah, not by gold yeah mm-hmm. so the next thing uh, and uh, correct me if i'm missing out any uh, broad basket here but next is the fixed income instruments right um, so when i talk about this these are the uh, um, high yielding bonds mutual funds um, how should one think about this uh, basket so uh, fixed income uh, let's take fixed income as typical fixed income bank fd now this is not the emergency cash money right i'm talking about fixed income as so i think the toughest thing to defend uh, to make an investment is a fixed income product because typically in india inflation the one we experience is higher than the rate of interest which means the value of money is actually getting eroded so i am not a big fan of fixed income instruments to be honest uh a lot of people go into debt funds i think debt funds can be very dangerous i think most people don't understand debt funds debt funds can be as risky as equities as i learned at equity master over the years by interacting with people uh i don't know why people take that exposure they try and play an interest rate cycle i don't know how you can predict all that so this is the weakest of the buckets if you will however if you're retired or nearing retirement you have little choice right you will go and do a fixed deposit in a sbi and get your monthly payment which is fine uh i think some mutual funds now i'm not totally up to date have nearly 100% sovereign uh, uh uh paper in their liquid fund so those could be fine those won't be bad because then you're not taking a credit risk deal uh, so yeah that's i i would say yeah that's the weakest of them all but if you had to do it you know just be just minimize the credit risk don't you know i don't want to say don't go to an nbfc but don't look for a higher return without understanding that you're also taking more risk that's the key. yeah the name sounds very safe but if you actually understand what they're trying trying to do i and then there there are some aspect of risk uh, on this debt yeah. mutual fund part yeah and rouse is how people they're hunting for yield right that's the phrase yes you're hunting for yield and you're not even thinking why there's no free lunch there's a reason why you're being paid more money you know the other day you guys wrote about the uh shapuji palanji bonds which yes, were yielding fascinating 18% what was the number so, yeah uh, little more than that i think and uh, the guarantee was the holding in tata sons tata sons private share holding yeah yeah and i'm like very interesting 18% is very good why is it 18 and you realize because you can't really do much with a tata sun stake without tata sun approving the transfer of shares which they've clearly said is not an easy thing to do <laughs> right so for those who can take that risk it's fine good good deal for you but for someone who's retired and is going to punt on that i don't think it's worth it and all these are very risky so i uh, subject to correction but i think this part about uh, tata's approval uh, re- requiring uh, wasn't included in the uh, uh, filing so that ah, is it. Yeah. there you go and rahul uh, 
so the next part uh, which is very interesting is the real estate uh, portion right so just yesterday i was talking to one of my colleagues in mint uh, and he was telling me that he recently got a house and the exact line what he said was you can either save money or buy a house in mumbai you can do either <laughs> one <laughs> so true so true well congrats to your friend firstly for buying a house it's a it's a investment it's an important investment for everyone uh, you know for most people it gives you peace of mind helps you settle your family in a place so yeah so yeah you're right in bombay the moment you buy a house you are really deep uh, deep into it and you'll have to fund it for quite some time to come unless you know you're lucky enough to uh, inherit some money or you know get lucky with some investment and you can pay that off uh so on a larger point on property again i have a thumb rule to ask right uh how much property do you need right if you need it you have to buy it uh and just like anything else you have to really work hard at selecting the right real estate investment or the apartment or the house you just can't go blindly buy it right just because someone's talking of a small cap stock can you blindly go and buy a small cap stock and expect to do well no you have to wait for the cycle to turn and you have to look for the stock and do have to be analysis same thing with real estate you have to find the right investment opportunity and it takes a lot of time i have had the opportunity to invest to make one terrible investment <laughs> and one not so terrible investment so i can tell you the difference between the two uh in the terrible investment i did not take much advice i went by a big name uh, a nice location not location nice city and i bought it second time it took me 3 4 months of study guided by a professional who had my best interest at heart and after much research like how i would research a stock like how you're researching a real estate project and then you go and invest and it does well so if you need you have to buy you have to wait for the right opportunity to come by and then you have to swing swing for the fences uh another question that i learned from my uh, boss at equity master was you know if you have two kids you ideally want to give them a house each in your lifetime if you're lucky enough to be able to plan that out right so that's a good goal to have if you will rather than trying to say my goal is to multiply my money in mid cap stocks or small cap stocks so you know you can you can go and do that uh thinking of real estate purely in investment terms uh my second uh real estate deal which was not so terrible uh was purely that it's a purely investment uh when did i got lucky there was a pandemic hit everything collapsed and you went out searched and in 2020 i made a bid the bid got accepted and i purchased right so uh, the return on that is very attractive it may not match up to a small cap or a mid cap but it's very attractive so uh i think real estate if done right can be very profitable for people uh it is it can be very lucrative for people adjusted for the volatility so your small cap is going to go like this you know property will probably go like this now what suits your nature more you know your tenure or everything you can you know you see what fits but i am a believer a firm believer that property should be part of your portfolio just because it's a hard asset it protects you against 
complete erosion in the value of paper money uh if done well it gives you a rental yield which is not very exciting but if you bought it at a good price you could get probably 3 4 5% in re- uh, residential commercial will be more and uh, yeah and uh, just mix it uh, makes you solid right you uh, over time so yeah i'm i'm a believer in property the right amount of property not 100% in. i think you are very uh, right when you said the volatility part right so in mid cap and small cap you see the fluctuation every time and you get uh, panic and you sell it but in real estate it's more stable and you can't see the prices every day so you end up holding for longer with compounds of course yeah, and that's why you don't really uh, earn that much because it's more stable right it's relatively lower risk you know i had asked this question once many years ago someone had invited me talk at the investor meeting and i didn't know the answer but i asked a question i said have you ever wondered why most family fortunes have the largest chunk in real estate if you think about your relatives friends colleagues usually the largest amount of money that they inherit is inherit is in the form of real estate it is right just not really <laughs> mutual funds also relatively new and people don't hold on to it you know you guys should uh, report vivek calls been talking about it that uh, most people don't continue the sips beyond 3 years or something most of the yes. sips get cancelled you're not going to make money like that and i i pity the people who started the sips at the top of the market and then they won't continue it so they won't get the benefit of the dollar cost averaging and uh, you know that that's a poor experience if you will Yes, and the fund is easy. People just think it's very easy. It's not easy. It's a lot of hard work to find the right fund for you. Yes, it's true. It's true. Um, so Rahul, talking about advisors. So okay, let's come back to the advisor question later on. But but you know this is a hotly debated topic. Uh, what to buy? Stocks or mutual fund? Right. So I talk to my friend and I say I invest in mutual fund. They say what? You're working at Mint. You you why are you investing? Yeah, yeah. You should be stock. <laughs> this mid mid cap stock is going to be the next multi bagger. I have yeah, this allocate yeah. stuff like that. So who should invest directly in stocks? Who should invest through a fund, a mutual fund? Again, this is something I learned from my ex boss. All the all wonderful things I've learned over there at Equity Master. Simple question: Do you have time? If you have spare time, then you could think about investing in stocks. If you don't have time, where's the question of investing in stocks? You have to go the mutual fund route. Trying to I uh, study a stock, research a stock, identify an opportunity, buy it, and then track it because this is, we live in a very dynamic world, right? You have to track it, and then doing it for a basket of ten, twenty stocks. will you be doing that or will you be doing your work so if you honestly answer that question you'll come to a better decision than otherwise uh, i think most people end up having stocks and funds only the extremists are on one end or the other uh, uh, i would say that so i have both uh, i have stocks also i have funds also because equity master there were a lot of restrictions on stocks so we had to put some money in funds over time so that uh, you know the money was not lying in the bank account and being used to buy iphones if you will <laughs> so you had to put it somewhere so we put it in funds 
but I think a lot of people, at least these days, who are buying stocks and are trading in stocks, I'm not sure they have the aptitude for it. I hope it doesn't end. It. I hope it doesn't end badly for them. But unfortunately, history suggests that whenever a whole bunch of people who don't understand stocks start buying and tipping stocks, that's when you know people lose serious money. Stocks are still yeah. fine. Uh, people also have the fad of all option trading has also started. By them. People are betting. That is unforgivable. That's unforgivable. You know they they destroy their families here in the process. You know, Sebi has the data, right? Ninety percent of people in FNO lose money or something, right? Sebi put the data out in their research. Eighty-nine percent, yeah. Unbelievable, and yet we have all these people. So I have so for people who are doing FNO, I don't have any sympathy for that. You know, if someone goes and dabbles in a stock in a cash market, got greedy, lost some money. You can say, okay, you learned your lesson. Don't do it again. But in FNO, when you lose, you're going to lose your shot. And I think that is so grossly unfair to your families uh, that you just, you know, bet the whole uh, future of your family on a punt. Not the right thing to do. Again, match it to the real need in life. Is your family expecting you to go and punt in the FNO market to pay? For some foreign holiday? No, they are not. I I bet they are not. <laughs> At least I hope they are not. So just be reasonable, and you know, and you can still do well. Here's a question for you: What do you think is the rate of return that Warren Buffett has earned over the last forty, fifty, sixty years? Twenty percent, I imagine. Nineteen point something percent per annum. That's it. Why do we have to aim for the moon of ten baggers every day, every month, every week? Stay disciplined. Stay focused. Don't do anything irrational. You'll get there. Just takes a little time. So, uh, Rahul, about the uh, percentage of alloc alloc uh, allocation. So, how much should one have in equities? That is, uh, let's say he he or she has decided to either go through equi uh, direct stock or through mutual fund or through com combination of both. But how much of it? Uh, should be a part of the portfolio, and how to go about thinking yeah, about it. That's a that's a good question. Very difficult to answer, but let me let me tell you a caveat first. The way I think about asset allocation, I include the primary residence as part of asset allocation because I believe the primary residence is fungible. You can always trade it for a bigger or a smaller house, right? It's difficult, but it's doable. So the way I think about it. If you got all your assets, including the residence you live in, in one place, I think about forty, fifty percent can be in stocks, or uh, you know mutual fund, equity funds. If you have a very long time frame, ten years plus, if you have the appetite to absorb near-term losses, if you have set aside a very healthy emergency funds in case you need money. And uh, and you are you know you got access to the right opinion. Either you were smart yourself, or you got access to the right opinion. Uh, so you're making the right decisions. Even in funds, ah, uh, please, like I'm I'm repeating myself. It's difficult to find a stock. It's it's as difficult to find the right fund. There are hundreds of funds out there, and I'm not sure, you know, all of them are deserve your money. You have to, you know, you have to work hard over there as well. 
probably much more than 100 also yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah hundreds of equity funds yeah so sure yeah uh so so rahul just a quick question and uh, you can answer this very uh, quickly uh, sure. mm-hmm. uh when should one have a advisor ria or a, a financial planner besides them and when should they do this allocation themselves it's not very difficult to do it yourself not at all difficult you just need time you should have the temperament for it you can self educate yourself these days all resources are available and you can do it yourself full stop if you don't have the time or you feel that you are not disciplined enough get help i'm sure there are people around who you can find a trustworthy guy so it's a function of not anything else but your own ability uh, your own self assessment and availability of time i would say and rahul another important part leaving the investment part is also spending right so spending on vacation spending on a nice car a nice watch who so we we had somebody uh, in the podcast last time and he had retired early uh, he was the chief business officer of access mutual fund and he said you know i bought a uh, 10 lakh rolex watch after retire, <laughs> even after retiring so so yeah uh, most listeners shouldn't do that but i mean uh, so you can talk about yourself how much would you spend uh, uh, as a percentage on enjoyment so here's my old samsung phone <laughs> <laughs> so that should answer all your questions so i think you should do what makes you feel good you know for me you know i'm looking around i'm surrounded by books right now uh that's what i do so what makes me happy i do what makes you happy what makes the listener happy you should do that uh be conservative don't overspend your thumb rules of life right you may have 100 crores in your bank and you go and spend 10 lakhs on a rolex doesn't make a difference uh, you know you have 1 crore in a bank and you go and spend 10 lakhs on a rolex you know worth thinking over whether you're doing the right thing right though i must tell you this you have time do you have time on the podcast or we run out of time yeah yeah we can talk yeah. for a while I'll tell you a Rolex story. We don't have story. much time, but yeah. Okay, I'll tell. I'll keep it short. I'll tell you a Rolex story. In two thousand and I'm going to say one, or maybe two. Uh, I the lockdown was there. There's ample free time. All you know, work is more efficient online. You all have realized that. So I said, let's figure out what's happening. So I drove to the Rolex store in Bandra, like five minutes away. and i entered the store and i was shocked it was empty all the showcases were empty everything was empty there were one or two pieces of rolex i said what happened to you guys says demand is very high and supply chain has completely broken down no watches all right he said you can go to the other store the other brand is there i went to the other store it was full So, so that means there was no supply chain problem. It was a demand issue. That shop was full of all the brands. So, okay. Cut to twenty twenty three. Two weeks back, I went to the same store. Guess what I saw? I entered the store. There were no display cases. I said, "What happened now?" He said, "Everything we have is sold." So. there's nothing to display it doesn't look good to show empty cases i said okay i said what if i want to buy not that i'm buying but what if i want to buy he said you can place an order 2 years waiting time 
for a Rolex watch. <laughs> Two years waiting time. So your access business manager knew what he was doing <laughs> because that has real value. Apparently, the price of the watch can appreciate if you handle it well over time and all that. So he yeah, actually man- mentioned uh, very clearly that it took him uh, around two years to even get the watch. So, there you go. <laughs> He's the guy who distorted the demand supply in the Bandra store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But are you sure you didn't go to buy a Rolex watch because you yourself was the CEO? Yeah, I'm wearing a Fitbit. I'm not even <laughs> wearing an Apple Watch. Fitbit. the best ai company in the world deep mind this is what you buy it's cost a fraction equally good samsung phone android phone life is good eh boss very complicated with all fancy stuff <laughs> so rahul rahul my next uh, my last uh, question is uh, so we normally ask this to our guests um, could you recommend any uh, book or a movie that you think would you know be beneficial for our listeners So from a personal yeah. finance angle, yeah. I just finished reading one of the best books I have ever read on investing. It is Pulak Prasad's book, "What I Learned from Darwin on Investing." That's the exact title. I've kept it there. Yes, What I learned popular, about investing yeah. from Darwin. Unbelievable book. The other book which I have really liked, which I read recently, is Gautam Bed's book uh, on mm. the on compounding. Compounding, yeah. Yeah, that's also a wonderful book. Uh, I read uh, Sai Deepak's uh, India that is Bharat book uh, just in the last couple of months, and that is another superb read. Uh, and I keep saying when I tell people to read Sai Deepak's book, don't think left or right. It's a narration of history, well documented. Everything is properly chronologically explained. Uh, so it's not a view whether we are left or right or center or wherever. and i think it's an important read so yeah, those are three recommendations for you <laughs> so with that rahul thank you so much for coming to the why not ben money show and hope to see you again in some other episode thank you for having me and wish you all the very best i love reading all the articles you and neil and the team are putting out and i hope you'll continue to be the flag bearers for sensible uh, advice to individuals in india thank you so much That brings us to the end of today's episode. If you would like to know more about this topic, then you can reach out to me on Twitter. I go by the username at the red session nj or LinkedIn using my full name that is session Ningthao Kongjam. We would be happy to take your suggestions. That's all from our side. Thanks for tuning in. See you in the next episode. Stay updated on this podcast. Follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Hold up. 